Hi, I'm Alex Freycon. You're listening to My Therapist and I, a podcast that isn't just about therapy, it is therapy. More specifically, my therapy. So this is the first session of season two, and season two, everything changes. Just kidding, it's the exact same. But Dr. Steve and I start by talking about our kind of recap of the last ooh, 30 sessions together, uh, what we learned and what we hope to continue to explore. One of those things is mastery versus acceptance. So hey, hope you enjoy. Just doing some adjustments. These things get stuck. And so I spent like 15 minutes. I had to get like a vice grip. Did a little spring cleaning, if you will. For season two. That's what we're on. <laughs> yeah, I'm making it official. This is season two. So welcome, okay. Dr. Another Steve. Seasons of therapy. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's not something you would know. That's something we in the profession use. Yeah, in the podcast world. Uh, I was going to say in the therapy world, but yeah. I was going to make a joke. But, you know, that I'm a therapist, but I'm not. You are. Uh, you've probably gone to enough therapy. Yeah, I get a test out of it. When do they give you a um, honorary? honorary degree? Yeah. yeah. So welcome to season two of My Therapist and I. And um, as you can see, a lot of changes, <laughs> night and day. No, but I was thinking we could talk about, uh, <clears throat> I have been thinking about this podcast. I think we talked about it last session, a little bit at the tail end. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> when you left, I'm sure this wasn't intentional, but I saw part of me was like, I wonder if he's going to come back. Really? I got, yeah, I got a little bit of the feeling that you're like, so what's the deal with this? Are we going to keep going? And I was like, oh, okay. Was that not intentional? Uh, well, I'm here. Yeah, I, mean, I know. I, yeah. Season two. Season two. <laughs> yeah, you showed up. Um, no, but I ask that question often. Okay. Because I, I mean, I think when we started this journey, I think I told you, I said, I don't think I'm the guy you want on this podcast because I'm not a long-term, I don't do a lot of long-term therapy stuff. Yeah, I've um, seen it. And so, so I I often ask my clients, so where are we at then? How, how are we doing? And is this working for you? And yeah, I read into it a little bit. I was like, but anyway, I just started thinking about the format and um, I was like, what's a way in which as this continues, it's, you know, your schedule is going to get busier and busier already is busy, but it's like, what's a way I can sort of rely on you less, I guess, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And I was just, start, I started thinking like, you know, it would be cool for me to start reaching out to other people in the mental health community and ask like other patients yeah, and talking to them about their experience if they're open to it oh. with therapy. Yeah. Uh, you know, more like patient focused sort of, because it would yeah. be cool to talk to, other patients there's this like very interesting community on instagram mm. where there's a couple there's a bunch of accounts that really just post um well-designed infographics and like quotes mm. and facts about mental health and encouragement yeah and they're just like really artistically or i don't know the right adjective there they're well very well designed and aesthetically yeah aesthetically pleasing uh -huh. they're um cool to look at and there, a lot of them are sort of in a, I don't know how you would describe the animation type, but they kind of feel like Pixar-y or, you know, it's cool stuff mm. to look at. And they're all just run by people. You know, some people create clothing that's um, mental health focused. Yeah. They have really sweet design like sweatshirts. Really? with Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mental health clothing. Okay. 
It's a very fascinating community, mm-hmm. and I was thinking about just like reaching out to some of those people and seeing if they'd want to talk about, you know, a their interest in mental health, but also whether or not they see a therapist and what their experience is like, and yada yada yada. Yeah. Um, and I was also thinking, our therapist and us. <laughs> yeah. Well, also too, like I don't know if there's a world where this happens, but m- maybe we like, you know, you and I can meet, and then we can call people too because that's a thing i can do here oh but i don't know how that would work in terms of like therapist patient other person it might be kind of complicated yeah, the threesome yeah <laughs> i don't think so, um, i don't think you're allowed to yeah mental health menage yeah. <laughs> uh, it feels so uncomfortable when you say it out loud <laughs> the mental health menage yeah so um i've been thinking about that and i haven't gone much further with it but um it's uh, my head started kind of turning the wheel started turning after you left last session because i was like yeah what is the um the future of this podcast yeah i mean i started i started thinking okay i'll do eight episodes yeah which is great because we started sometime in november or something like that right wow was it i think so i thought i'd do eight episodes Mm mm-hmm why, where'd you, how'd you land on that number eight? I don't know. Um, there's some research out there that shows that family therapy is typically, um, family and couple therapy, typically shorter term um, than individual therapy. So seven to 10 sessions. So I picked somewhere kind of in the middle of that. Fascinating. And I think it's interesting that, <clears throat> that we have not been talking much about dissociation. And I don't know if that's because I give off the vibe like I don't want to talk about it or if it's not or if you're coming to a different kind of a place with it in your life. Um, I know that there are, you know, we talked a while ago about your dad mm-hmm. and got a, got a text that I shared with you from a colleague who yeah. has been listening to the podcast and he yeah, was, that was cool. um, not congratulating, but just acknowledging your courage and addressing some of those things and with your family. And so, but I've always thought that the, <clears throat> that there's, that there's restrictions on how much you can be yeah. open. Oh, a million percent. In in here, in this space, yeah. unlike real therapy. Yep, that is, that will consistently be a thing. Yeah, so that made me wonder, so does Alex hold back on talking about dissociation or is it uh, not much well, of a thing anymore? Or To answer that specific question, it's uh, twofold. The first of which is, so I had been going, or I was getting ready to uh, receive EMDR therapy, yeah. and I was seeing someone they had surgery and so they were like i'm not going to be in the office they, they haven't been in the office for like a month and a half uh-huh. <laughs> so i just like <clears throat> haven't done it talked about it mm-hmm. in a month and a half but we're going to be starting up in a week not next week but the week after more or less uh-huh. so <clears throat> that there's part of that but also too i just ha- it hasn't been front of mind i i think um and that's one thing i wanted to talk about as I reflect personally on season one, I think my biggest <laughs> takeaway. <laughs> I love the the way it's like, yeah. This is season one. Season one. Yeah. Well, it's a really big deal, you know. Really big podcast, huge following, and uh, it's good to just keep it structured. And um, a big thing for me that I've learned from our work together, probably the only thing I've, the only <laughs> valuable thing I've taken from this experience. <laughs> is um, this idea of mastery versus acceptance. Uh And I think that applies a little bit 
to my experience with dissociation because as I think about it right now, you know, you bring it up, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, okay, do I feel like I'm here? I'm like, not really. You know, I still have that feeling of dissociation. But it doesn't bother me mm-hmm. right now. And I have been in between our sessions, I have been thinking a lot about this idea of mastery versus acceptance because I think it is something that I have always struggled with. Mm-hmm. And um, it's funny because the more I think about it, the more I see it sort of in other people. Mm. I can sort of be like, oh, I hear what you're saying and I can relate to that because it's really just, it feels like you just want to be in control and fix. And mm-hmm. and I think about my family structure and um, it's been very fascinating and, and helpful, but um, I think I've been able to achieve a bit more acceptance, particularly yeah. with dissociation. Yeah. So that's kind of why I haven't been talking about it. Um, and I don't know if that's just b- because I'm in a, you know, I'm, I'm very busy. Very, uh, there's a lot going on, and maybe that's a, dist- a, a much needed distraction. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, it's so funny. Like, there's something to be said. I think about this a lot. There's something to be said about being so busy, you just can't think about stuff. You just don't have time to vicissitude, or you know. So, um, this whole mastery versus acceptance, I'm sure that plays out in multiple different areas. It, it was. In our conversation it was related to this thing called ambiguous loss. And yeah. when you have losses, you have grief. And so I think one of the biggest um one of the biggest things people need when they're grieving is a place to escape the grief. You know, you need to go to a movie. You need to yeah. go for a run. You need to be able to not you can't be consumed with the fact that this person died or that this loss has been experienced. You you can people can wallow in that and stay in that forever, but every now and then you need a distraction. You need to be able to Go make dinner. You need to, you know, do something different and realize that, I mean, and that's part of grieving is realizing mm-hmm. that you will, you will get over the loss. You will move on. You will move from the state of hurt. Our discussion sadness. on uh, ambiguous loss was, I think, very helpful in that regard because while it's probably used to describe, relatively speaking, much more traumatic loss than I mean, not to make comparison. It can. It can. It can but it doesn't um, have to be. Right? But the, I could still relate to that principle of like, okay, I am, I've been sort of desperately seeking closure, right? Trying to find an answer, the answer, quote unquote. On dissociation. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Or potentially there is room for me to just say, hey, what if, what if this is exactly where you're supposed to be and how you're supposed to be and you know, what if everything's still fine? And Yeah, very zen. Yeah, and you know, the work we've done alongside the work I've done with George talking about it, you know, I talk about our sessions with him. and um, Therapy about therapy. Yeah. <laughs> Man, <laughs> the amount of therapy that I do, you know, there's something to unpack there in of itself, but... Uh, well, probably. <laughs> Yeah, he made that, uh, George made this analogy of like, well, if you sprain your ankle and you're just focused on your ankle, you know, you're going to, it's going to be all consuming Um, versus if you sprain your ankle and you, okay, I'm going to do the, go about the rest of my day. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's there, but you learn, life goes on. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's that, that idea is something that I continue to work with. 
But that to me is sort of, it's been very helpful in terms of, I, I apply it to anything, like in work, in relationships. Like if things aren't going the way I think they should be going, or if things aren't going the way I want them to be going, I take that personally. I assume it's my fault. I'm not working hard enough. Mm. Something's wrong. Whereas like, first of all, who's to say it's wrong to begin with? You know, like, um, so I'm just trying to um, lean more into acceptance than, than yeah. mastery. But yeah, I will cool. say, mastery is really easy to get sucked into. Well, we... We live in a culture of mastery. I mean, you get paid more if you master something. People get master's degrees. They don't get acceptance degrees, right? It's <laughs> interesting because you get accepted into graduate school so you can get a master's degree. Yeah. So, but, but yeah, the, the, that, that acceptance is probably a thing that a lot of people need to work on. <clears throat> and, and mastery, yeah, shoot for it, but don't kill yourself if you don't get it. Yeah, I think that's the balance. Uh, there's something to be said about... You know, the more I think about it, I see more corollaries between other, I just haven't used that word in so long, between other aspects of my life. And um, I definitely think, like most humans, I sometimes find myself wanting to control more than I can. Or it's, it's hard for me to admit that there is a ton outside of my control. Mm -hmm. And I was raised in an environment, I think, going back to my family, my dad is very much this way, where it's like, no, if you think hard enough and you plan hard enough, you can control everything. So I think that was sort of ingrained in me as a kid. Like if you, if something's outside of your control, it is because you did <clears throat> not do your homework, you did not prepare. Mm -hmm. Whereas like, no, there's a lot in life that just, it's sort of the, the odd the, beauty of it. That I think that's a, such a Western mentality, mentality. I don't, I don't you don't find that as much in uh, some Eastern cultures, mm -hmm. <clears throat> you know, the idea of mastering something and there's much more respect for fate and more respect for other powers beyond your own that are bigger than you. Yeah. And a humility around that. And it's interesting, I mean, not to get even more vicissitude, but I think for me personally, why I am susceptible to that kind of thing here, I, have a pattern, a history of it is just because in some instances, Matt, this pursuit of mastery has served me well. Yeah. Um, so I think you just sort of start to default to it, but it can be a nasty road to go down because it's like you just assume everything. If you assume everything's in your control and there are things maybe that cause discomfort and you can't fix them, you assume it's because you have some sort of deficiency or yeah. something and you, yeah. it's really easy to get down on yourself i didn't do it right yeah yeah i should have should have accounted for that why is this so hard for me i'm stupid i'm not you know this, this is easy for everyone else like i know i feel like sometimes i talk about stuff and i'm not saying this is how you respond but i sometimes think you get the impression with that what i'm talking about is like yeah that's what you're describing as being a human like everyone experiences that and in my mind the things I struggle with are so unique to me. I assume I'm the only one and it's because I'm not good enough or I'm like, you know, naive or it's fascinating. And so, and so what would it mean to you if you are, if these are things that are just human struggles, not Alex struggles? What does that mean to you? 
it means that I've wasted a lot of money on therapy. <laughs> no, I, I mean. And in that way, this you get the most bang for your buck yeah. here because I'm not getting paid at all. Yeah. We're still Spoiler. looking for a sponsor. <laughs> we had Dave for one Season week. Season one. Yeah. Um, uh, that is another revelation. I've probably, it's come more forefront in my conversations with George in the last couple of months. Yeah. But this idea of the more that I am reminded that like, hey, other people are feeling what you're feeling, the more perspective it lends in terms of, it's easier for me to arrive at acceptance. Like, oh, it's hard though to let go and to accept. It almost feels like I'm almost a little afraid because there's a little bit embarrassment. Mm. Like I've gone, you mean to tell me I've gone 35 years of taking this personally when Really, I'm just what I'm experiencing is human, you know, being a the human, human condition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've been so tripped up by it when really it's like there's a little bit of embarrassment. I guess I feel yeah. like you like I can imagine an alien coming down and be like, "You silly little human! You're just like when I look at a dog and it's being a dog. I'm not like, look at that dumb animal. It's doing, you know, it's like no, it's just being a dog. It's mm-hmm. barking at stuff." It's sniffing butts. It's just, you know, and yeah. it's harder for me to look at myself as a human doing, you yeah. know. I, I think if you can really embrace that, <clears throat> so healthy. Really hard. So, like, so healthy just to be like, I'm. what if I'm just a dog? You know, what if I'm just a human and I'm doing human things and there's no real deep answer? It can be scary for me because then I wonder, like, what am I? Th- it's almost like my brain loves having, t- loves trying to figure stuff out. Something to master. Yeah, yeah. It's like, see, and I think, I think there's a real strong likelihood that your endeavor with therapy is about mastering life. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna deny that. I mean, there's a a very. I know for a fact. I have said in sessions. I feel like there's stuff wrong with me and I got to fix it. Mm. That's the, you know, more or less verbatim, which, yeah, there's something um, wrong with me. That's the part that, that I get tripped up on. There's something wrong with me that I need to fix versus I'm, I'm realizing I have differences. I'm realizing I'm a different kind of a yeah. cut than other people. Um, and I wonder what that means. What does that mean for me? How, I mean, I think human beings are meaning-making entities right we try to figure out we try to make meaning out of things why did you do this why did we do that we're asking these questions all the time and so to me you going to therapy is you know is it about mastery or is it about uh, curiosity it's probably both like if i could if i could get the answer would i change the things so i could be right so i could be a master (laughs) so i could have the situation nailed down i think you have a desire to nail down the situation and know it instead of accept it. That is true. I think like your first inclination is to master instead of I am made to I feel anxious about things. I feel I have this anxiety that um, w- when it comes back to uh, are you checking time or are we we no, low on time here? Checking heart rate. <clears throat> this is such a stimulating conversation. It's higher than I thought it would be. Um, season two off to a record start in Dr. Steve's heart rate. Um, 
history. Um, I think what causes me or what compels me to understand is I just want to know that like I'm doing it okay. Like everything's okay. And sometimes I feel like I have deficiencies, right? Because I feel a certain way or, you know, because I'm focused on a certain thing. It ties back to this worry that that's an Alex thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, let's, let's, if this is causing you to feel discomfort, let's fix it. There's a reason. Let's find out why it's ca- causing you discomfort. And then let's figure out a plan to become more comfortable with the discomfort, which like in of itself is a great irony. <laughs> Yeah. Right. So long story short, I think there's a a bit of, I I feel a bit of fear um, with sadness and I'm afraid of sadness and I'm afraid of um, feeling alone and I'm afraid of feeling disappointed. Right. I sort of have conditioned myself to think I should always be happy and I should always be positive and I should because then I can achieve more. It's hard to achieve when you feel down and you feel tired and you feel depressed. And so I'm like, all right, let's hack. Let's hack my brain and my emotions so I can achieve more and be a better human, stuff like that. But even that even that language of let's hack my brain, like, right? I mean, my kids, when they play games, they talk about like gaming, they mm-hmm. talk about cheat codes, you know, like, yeah. hey, there's this cheat code. And so it looks like you're looking for a cheat code. Am I going to hack, hack my brain or, you know, go around or do something instead of going through like the sadness, the hurt, the, the emotional experiences of life, the joys, you know, the ups and the downs. Totally. Um, and again, it sort of ties. Yeah. At the root of it, I am discomfort. I find discomfort to be uncomfortable and I shot, you know, I find discomfort to be uncomfortable. And I, (laughs) the very definition. Yeah, I know. And that's why I tell me something. What, what what is Alex without therapy? What is what is Alex like without the years of therapy? Who, who are you? What what would you be like? Um, um, I think I would be much. Alex without therapy is an Alex that is is afraid of is afraid to be real Alex and is just very scared. And, uh, um, so, okay. Walled off. Okay. Is Alex with therapy a different person? I think so. You're less scared, less walled off? Yeah. <clears throat> because even now. Are you engaged without therapy? Are you engaged to Haley without therapy? Um, that's a great question. Cause there's a world in which, yeah, I think the societal pressure would have just forced me into an, a, a relationship of some kind. Further? I'm not with Haley uh-huh. specifically. Without therapy, that's I, I firmly believe that. With you know, obviously, there's no way of proving it, but I think therapy has allowed me to feel more comfortable with my authentic self. You know, I, I love that term. And even this conversation we're having now, I mean, I'm acknowledging that it exists in my head, and I'm acknowledging that I sometimes feel ashamed of this process. Without therapy, I'm just thinking about that. And I'm never speaking that out loud to anyone. Oh. It's never seeing the light of day. <clears throat> and I'm just internalizing everything. 
And I think back to Alex pre-therapy when I was I first went to school, college, and I spent so much time just obsessing over things and never sharing them with anyone because I was so afraid of them. Afraid of what people would think about Correct. you. Yeah. Yeah. And just assuming, Alex, this is weird. No one's going to relate. You're crazy. If anyone finds out about this, you'll be a loser. You won't have any stock. friends. Laughing stock. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, that's why, you know, I love to, I was so focused on being accepted and being cool. Like in the hierarchy of priorities for pre-therapy Alex, you know, being accepted and being cool was number one. That's all I thought about. And in pursuit of that, it, I developed a lot of really just not healthy habits um, and I just remember being so closed up and so tightly wound. Um, and therapy allowed me to open up a lot of that stuff. Granted, you sort of go down the rabbit hole, <laughs> an Alice in Wonderland kind of thing. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm curious. Are you asking that question because you wonder, like maybe therapy was not a good thing for me? Uh, no. <clears throat> I, I asked because I think I've said earlier on in our time together, I think I've said, I don't, I'm not convinced everybody needs to go to therapy as long yeah. as people can have therapeutic moments. And so some people get therapeutic moments in a variety of places and some people get totally. them in therapy. Um, and you, you, we started this podcast, you started this because you said ther- therapy has served me well and I would like to get the message out more about mental health. Yeah. Um, and, and put myself out there as an example. Yeah. Um, but you may be, you may be transitioning at a point in your life where therapy takes less of a prominent role and you challenge yourself for more therapeutic moments. Yes. And I think you find those things in relationships with people. Agreed. So like in the, in the span of my time knowing you, you got real about a, a, a part of your history that you didn't, that you don't like talking about your mm-hmm. your alcohol use yeah. back in the day and this uh, you're running with the law on that. Yeah. You talked about very early on you talked about the um, fantasy football guys yeah. guys weekend. Yep. And the remorse that you have and other people in that group have but nobody talks about it so you were an entree. And I'm fascinated to see what happens this fantasy football draft. Yeah. <laughs> you guys already already have it planned, right? Uh we've been talking about it and are you not invited this year? <laughs> I was invited transparently. It's also like right around when I get married. So I was like, hey guys, there's a good chance I don't make it just because I'm really busy with wedding showers and stuff like that. It's interesting to me because I think, my guess is most of those people have heard you talk about mm-hmm. the remorse that you felt around, you know, here's what we do. We get together, yeah. we have this surface area, we drink a lot and then we feel bad and we regret. I mean, it doesn't have to be that way, and no, I, and I, I think you're. I think you had some people kind of reach out to you and go, "Yeah, thank you for talking about that." Right? There were some people. Who uh, were- yeah, there were people. I mean, nobody reached out and was like, "I listened to the podcast. Thanks for saying something." It was more so like, "Hey," a couple guys were like, "Hey, I think we agree the last trip wasn't the best. Yeah, we don't want to necessarily repeat that. Yeah, we don't want that to be the norm." But my my point in bringing this up is that you took a risk to to 
change the script on that and talk about it publicly to talk. I mean, that was a vulnerable, risky thing to do. Yeah. Yep. And to me, that opens you up for potential ridicule, but it also opens you up for potential therapeutic moment with, with people. Yes. And I definitely, yeah, that's a goal of mine is to create a community or create more relationships where I can have therapeutic moments. Yeah. And a part of me wonders if that's the process of becoming an adult, right? Because a lot, I think back to growing up, a lot of my friendships, no. no. I don't think so. Okay. I mean, it can be, but I don't think that typifies everybody's adult experience. I think a lot of people get stuck. A lot of people uh, don't say mm-hmm. what they think and feel because they're worried about ridicule or sounding weird and they hold back. And I definitely have revisited sort of, I look at my friendships and relationships with a new lens now, right? For that very reason, can I have therapeutic moments with this person? This person, and yeah. it's it has less to do with you know how cool they are, yeah, and more to do with like how do they treat people? Are they kind? Do they, are they thoughtful? Do they listen? And that has been interesting for me. Yeah, and um, I agree. I think as a when I was younger, I felt sort of not trapped but i didn't have an outlet for therapeutic moments Mm. i didn't have anyone i felt safe talking to i was like okay well i've heard of this profession these people are legally obligated to be (laughs) you know or whatever it is so i'll go talk to one of these people and i think being vulnerable and sharing my thoughts uh, it was something i needed to practice in a safe space yeah and that's what therapy did it's like to make the analogy to the gym it's like i needed to strengthen that muscle in a place where someone could support me and make sure i was you know i wasn't jeopardized you know i was doing it in a safe way yeah and then i was able to take that out into real life also along the way i sort of got hooked on this idea of like thinking about stuff and analyzing and um, I think that's the mastery piece. Yeah, because <clears throat> like, like uh, you, you, you were like, oh my gosh, the therapy has helped me master some things. Maybe you can, yeah, hundred percent, help me master uh, master other things. And um, I think I said this in one of the earlier sessions, but I became so gung ho on therapy because I started diving into everything. You know, work work related issues um, mm-hmm. with colleagues and with projects and. How can I be more productive? And it just sort of was just like pretty Mm. soon I was digging in everything and I saw results, right? I could have, you know, if I was having it, if there was something I wanted to say to someone, I could practice with my therapist and then confront it in real life, which would further progress the journey and and have real results. So it was like this sort of slippery slope. I. I wish more people would use therapy that way, that they would practice it with their therapist. They would see it as a proving ground or as a, an experimental field of some kind and then say, okay, now I need to go out and do this out there. Yeah. And that's what I, that's what I do with my couples is now, now go out and do that. Yeah. You guys have talked in here. Now you gotta, you gotta make this happen at, at home. And one a- application there is like, I talked about wanting to have uh, conversations with my parents. Yeah. But how I was raised. Yeah. And I still am very, you know, kind of intimidated by that process. But yeah. talking about it with you, talking about it with George, 
I'm confident that I will get there because mm-hmm. I mean I know I'll feel comfortable as I as comfortable as I can. It'll still be scary, but yeah, I don't know that comfort is always the best. Yeah, goal right. Totally. So sometimes it's like I have to deal with this the uncomfortable conversation. Yep. And and there's growth in that. I mean, we call it a comfort zone for a reason, right? Break yep. out of our comfort zones is what Tony Robbins and his buddies would say. Um. Not a Tony Robbins fan. Yeah. Just wanna. I just put his name out there as a motivational yep. speaker. Yep. We are not affiliated with Tony Robbins in any way. We do not necessarily condone. I don't know enough about him, actually. Sure. I can't think of the name of the uh, SNL character, Matt Foley. Who's I'm thinking about? Matt Foley, the motivational speaker. Down so, by the river in a yep. van. Yep. Down by the river. Yep. Yeah, and it makes you wonder what uh, did Chris Farley have a therapist? Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. But yeah, um I believe there is something to be said about like okay, you've practiced, you can't practice forever. You got to go out at some point you got to go out into the world and um take the risk. Get on the field. Yeah. Yep. Yep, yep. And I will say that as I've gotten older and as my life has, as I've planted roots and stuff, you know, I feel as though I can achieve more therapeutic moments mm-hmm. outside of therapy. Having Haley is very helpful in that regard. Yeah, totally. Having a partner, you know. Yep. Because because somebody like that, a, 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 an intimate, committed partner is somebody that represents uh, maybe a say a place of greater safety where you can mm-hmm. experiment more, you can lead out, you can you can test the limits of how much you can disclose about yourself and how yeah. much does this person really want to know me? How much can I let this person see of me? Which that is something, you know, Haley and I have worked on that very thing because there have been times where I've been like, I'm afraid to open up my brain in front of you because I'm afraid it's just going to overwhelm you or you're going to think it's weird. And, you know, we've talked about that very thing. It can be... It can be hard. It is very hard to be vulnerable in front of other people because, I mean, me personally, I'm always very focused on how they respond. Mm-hmm. Like I read someone very, not astutely, but I'm very focused on their reaction. You probably get that, you know, I tell you how I explain something and I got an impression from you. Yep. I'm very sensitive to how other people receive and perceive you. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And uh, I'm working on that. Acceptance is, I think, ties into that too. Yeah. I got, side note, I got a filling replaced like two and a half weeks ago. Mm. My God, my teeth hurt. Oh, man. I went in and they were like, yeah, no, okay. It's just your bite. We'll make an adjustment. Didn't fix anything. It sucks. You get back in? I'm going to go back in on Monday, yeah. Be like, guys, what's the deal? Uh, I keep thinking about, do you see the movie Castaway with Tom Hanks? I have seen it. Do you remember he had like a toothache and he had to... Do you have skates here somewhere? Yeah, I do. It makes you appreciate how, like, if not having access to dental care would have sucked so bad. Because the the pain is like a very specific, de- almost debilitating 
pain. Just for something so tiny, a little tooth. Thank God for dentists. Yeah. Would have not done well in the sixteen hundreds. Dentist and I could be a new <laughs> No. That would be a boring <laughs> podcast. No offense to dentists everywhere, to all the dentists listening. I think a lot of them will be like, Yeah, yeah, we're not the most yeah, we're not podcast people. Um Yeah, so I think we wrap up here. That is very fair. It's about that time. Yeah. So thank you for kicking off season two with me, Dr. Steve. You bet. I've got a question for season two, episode two. Ooh. I'm excited. All right, everyone. Per usual, stay happy. <laughs>